Hello, and welcome to the Music Teacher Coffee Talk podcast. I'm Tanya. And I'm Carrie. We are both elementary music teachers who love to talk shop, preferably over a steaming cup of coffee. This is episode number 16. Today we're talking about highs and lows from our school year. We'll also share a work smarter, not harder teacher tip, and in our CODA section, we'll give some specific recommendations of our favorite things in and out of the music room. So grab your beverage of choice and let's get started. For today's highs and lows, instead of talking about our week, we're going to talk about our whole year. It's a whole year highs and lows. So this is our high notes and low notes and main theme mushed together. Right. As if I can remember the whole year, but I'll try. We'll try. Um, This is our our coming into our last week of school. Yes, we are coming into the last week of school. Lots of activities and adventures. Um, We both had field day this week. I had one day, giant day of field day. Carrie had two giant days of field day. Oh gosh, I thought it was even more. No, two, but two full days two of full days. stuff, of events. and Right. So if we both sound a little tired, yeah. it's because we I, are. Yeah. <laughs> I, ran, I, I always run the 50-yard dash, which is awesome, and then the three-legged race. Yeah. Um, which I, it's, I love it. It's fun. But being outside all day it's can exhausting. kind of... Uh, and just doing something different than yeah. the normal routine. And uh, we have 15-minute rotations, so I saw a new group of kids... Every 15 minutes, I saw the whole school in the yeah. whole day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That is a lot. And you got to have the um, water and the sunscreen. Oh, and yeah. I brought an umbrella this year. I kind of felt old lady-like, but hey. Hey, it works. Yeah. And I um, I was good with the sunscreen except for the back of my calves, so it's very <laughs> oh, weird. No. Got beet red calves, <laughs> and the rest of me is fine. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I got to do the long jump, so I had lots of sand in my shoes. Yes. Uh, one thing I keep seeing all over Instagram is that there are several music teachers that we know who got to DJ. Yeah, I love that idea. I know, I do too. And I think I want to talk to my PE teacher about that next yeah, year. Yeah, I thought about bringing out a little, port- but I mean, mine's a super little portable speaker, which yeah. really wouldn't do much. That's a great idea to do that as an actual station, mm-hmm. which is what it sounds like. Or just like to like folks play did. music over the whole thing. Yeah, that's true. We We had, there was like a bake sale it was like a fundraiser thing oh that's a great idea um and they were playing music over there but it was uh, and we have a huge field day spread we have a mm-hmm. lot of space so it w- you could only really hear the music at that one station but yeah right. it'd be fun to do something like that that would make sense and then you could also bring in like there was one year that we had to go inside and we did a limbo thing in my room oh in cute the music room that's fun it was very cute and then we did like a dance it's like party. the opposite of the high jump yeah, the low the, how low can you <laughs> how go, low can you go? or something. Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's get back on topic. Let's get here. back on the highs and lows. So, we're just gonna just casually talk here. We don't have this very well scripted, but maybe that's a good thing. Yeah. And we're just gonna go grade by grade and just kind of recap some things we thought went well, maybe some things we want to do better next year. As always. As yeah. always. So shall we start with kindergarten? Go ahead. Start with kindergarten. Because <laughs> you don't have kindergarten. I don't have them, and I'm very excited well, to get them Well, you have them year. in little snippets. Maybe you could talk about that briefly, or is that too long of a thing? I didn't have them in snippets. Well, when you had your special days. What do you call those? Your rocket days? Oh, yeah. Yeah, but that's not curriculum. That's all guided by... And that's true. So on our early release, we have a few early release days, one a month uh, in our district, where the kids... Um, 
get out of school at like noon and then the rest of the day is PD and it's only once a month and they're well planned out ahead of time and our school has been doing what's called rocket days where it's supposed to be uh, a lot of classes that are offered in each grade level and um, so each teacher in each grade level offers a like a specialized class that relates to a theme so maybe it's um, about um, character and um, compassion and empathy was our theme this this last time yeah. and so you know there's team building things and each teacher decides what they're going to do and I was part of the kindergarten team this year which yeah. was great because then I got to see them and meet a lot of them right. and get to know some of them and I had some little ones who signed up for my class because they get to choose yeah and I had some that signed up for my my class each time so there were some kids Aww. that I saw several times Cute. and I always tried to make it a musical as well as tying into sure you know whatever the theme was so anyway those were uh, not music as much as I kind of tried to bend it that way it was definitely not oh. music learning that was happening I see that was, was kind of a byproduct hanging out it, yeah and that's important too because relationship building is so important well, yeah they'll know you and they'll know your room yep exactly that's good yeah so um, I can't speak to kindergarten okay. you tell right. me uh, well it's hard because I only see them for 20 minutes each time. And it's such a small amount of time yeah. to feel like go, I go, can go. really build on anything. But I do like that I'm able to see them just even that much and that I'm able to really get, like, the comparative stuff in. So a lot of, you know, fast, low, mm -hmm. loud, soft, high, low. What are some of the other ones that I can't think of right same now? Same and different. Same. Well, I, then that's one I really didn't get to a lot. Well, it's um, all same and But Steady Beat, yeah. I did introduce Steady Beat. Um, I introduced um, high and low early in the year in, in the span of an octave. And mm -hmm. then about midway through the year, I revisited high and low and shrank it down to more of a fifth and focused on the interval of a fifth. And then at the end of the year, high and low, the interval of a minor third. Yeah, in so my view, really, if, that what hap is, if that is what happens in the kindergarten year, that they get a lot of joyful music making, yeah. a lot of repertoire, a lot of playing and singing, and they get those comparatives, that's an awesome, oh, yeah. successful for kindergarten year. I think what I feel like I don't really get with my kindergartners is like a lot of mastery of like song literature because mm -hmm. I feel like especially because I don't see them for a long, you know, 20 minutes at a time, that if I really wanted them to master song literature, I would feel like I would have to repeat the same songs a lot. Yeah. And maybe that's just me not being patient enough with myself. Now, do you see them on a rotation? I do. So it's a three-day rotation. But so I will it's not say, always once a week. It's sometimes twice yeah, a week. Yeah, sometimes twice a week. Um, oftentimes, though, we give them a fun Friday, the mm -hmm. specials teachers, and we just take them out for an extra recess. Um, my teammates do not love seeing kindergarten. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're just, they're both more, you know, they gear themselves more towards older students. I mean, I would love it if I saw them for the full, you know, 45-minute block. Yeah. But anyways, um, so they often are like, well, let's take them out for a fun Friday. And being me being the new teacher to the team, sometimes I just kind of say, okay, and sometimes I say no. But um, yeah, so that's something I'd like to work on next year more is maybe more repetition of song literature so that there's more mastery of the actual song literature yeah um i i kind of plan my lessons more th like you know based on the concept but then also within a theme and so then a lot of times from one lesson to a next i would have a lot of new songs uh -huh. and not a lot of um overlap of songs in right. a very like non-kodai-ish way i guess is the strange thing about it 
where in my other grades, I'm very much better about having mostly repeated literature, maybe one new song or new activity. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Um, so anyways, that's just something I need to work on for myself for next year. It's a finding that balance between I want them to know a lot of song literature. Uh-huh. I want them to leave having heard and experienced a lot of songs, but they haven't necessarily mastered them, especially considering how many of my kids are second language learners. Uh. You throw that on top of it, and that's just another another piece to that puzzle that it makes it hard for them to really master songs. What do you think is their favorite song, either of the year or lately, that they really have mastered? Um, well, right now we're working on, for kindergarten graduation, we're doing this little Spanish-English song that I learned from the old Share the Music series called Mi Cuerpo, Uh and they really like that because it's in English and in Spanish, Uh and they're going to do little moves. And then the other song we're doing for kindergarten graduation is the Skinamarink song. Um, Um, You know, just cutesy little songs that they can sing. So I guess I have those on my brain right now that they really did love those and master those they really loved um they loved john the rabbit Mm -hmm. because they really like those call and response kind of things or like an echo song that's not quite as wordy um did you do i'm trying to think of good echo songs I love Down by the Bay. bay. I did not do that one as much but see I find that even that song is really wordy for second language learners. Oh, sure. Yeah. I and like, see even that. like my aunt came back, like when I've done oh, that. Oh, yeah. That I mean, is a it's challenging. It's a great song, but they, yeah, they don't get it. And I mean, I find myself spending out of my 20 minutes with them, 10 minutes just teaching them what well, all and those then you, words There's mean. some vocabulary things exactly. too that even, you know, native English speakers. Yeah. Like, you have to talk about a pair of shears. We don't really exactly. say shears anymore. Yeah, well, even all those places in the world, by the time you, you explain what they are and where they are. And, right. And, then, and you know, Guadalupe the is not the place. It's... Exactly. And then there's that lovely picture book, um, the, the, Fire the Fire Robin, Robin series picture book, which is so fun because then it's a play on words because it's an actual ant. You know, I appreciate that, but at the same time, I don't know. that That is not one of my favorite ones of his. No, my, me neither, but... Again, then that's hard because now I have to talk about how ant can be two different words. And oh my, it's There's a lot of subtext going on. There's a lot going on. So my kids definitely seem to prefer, um, you know, songs that were very, you know, as all kindergartners do. You Mm -hmm. know, songs that didn't have as many words, songs that were simple. I mean, even just singing like Old MacDonald and some of those songs that are just like good old classics. Oh, and you know what? That reminds me of, because I didn't have kindergarten. I do get to have kindergarten next year. And I got plans. Yay. I'm oh, very yeah. excited. Yeah. So one of the things that I have not officially done that I want to do, and this is um, not, uh, well, I've, of course, done song lists for grade levels. Mm-hmm. And a song list for kindergarten is, you know, an awesome thing to build your year plan off of. But I really want to have a list, and I don't know why I've never gotten around to this, but a list of songs that are not necessarily filling a pedagogical anything yes but that that are songs that we should all know yeah all kids should know you know like twinkle twinkle little star exactly and those kinds of things yeah um and and those are songs that have endured and they're very tasty to kids and they love them even though you know they've been around forever or old mcdonald yeah so i do not have old mcdonald in my Song exactly. collection. I did not analyze Old McDonald's. And that's where when I think of my songs more, in, especially kindergarten, in a more thematic way. Mm-hmm. So if I'm doing, you know, uh, a lesson with songs about 
ducks or something like that, then I can bring an old McDonald. Right. You know, because we're talking about going to the farm. Yeah. And then I'm doing my conceptual work with maybe a simpler song, a song that you can extract specific patterns from or those comparative things. But see, that's the thing about kindergarten. You can even bring those comparative things into so many things. Oh, of course. Because fast and slow, you can do with anything. Loud and soft, you can do with almost anything. And it's a great time to build that their oral vocabulary. So you're not just going to be doing so me songs. No, no, of course not. You know. And that's a big misconception. I think that's why I'm saying that a lot. I know you know that. But yeah, yeah. And, and that's the thing that is just so so strange to hear when people say, oh, don't you get tired of singing So Me and So Me La? And no. especially in <laughs> kindergarten. Are you kidding me? We're yeah, bringing we're in all. barely ever singing just You songs want them to have so rich melodic songs. Yeah. And you want them to experience those comparatives with really really rich you know melodies and rhythms oh, yeah. that we're not going to analyze those in right. fact we're not going to analyze those probably in any of the grade levels yeah. we're just when we do hey betty martin are you kidding me yeah that's exactly. got all those altered tones i'm not yeah. doing that with kindergarten so right. yeah i would like to have a a song list of songs that we should just all know yeah right with that would be a wonderful thing to have and that was on facebook the other day on one of the facebook groups someone had started something like that yeah and um Anyway, that's cool. something I need to do specifically for kindergarten. Yeah, and I think, you know, there's definitely, we can speak to that in a very collective sense as, like, American children, but then mm-hmm. it's also going to vary depending on your, your area, your region, right? and then your school culture. Because even though our schools geographically are not too far away from each other, we have very different school cultures. That's true, and you've got to so make sure be responsive to your kiddos. But you know what? Now's a good time to give a shout-out to some good resources. Yeah. Because I think of um, Get America Singing, Mm -hmm. which is the Pete Seeger um, collection. And it's interesting because I always think about these things and I go, oh, everybody knows that. But maybe they don't. Yeah. So there's two volumes. There's Get America Singing and there's Get America Singing Again. 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 (laughs) And it's got those songs like Shrink-A-Madink. Yeah. this land is your land, mm-hmm. and it's got the chord, the guitar chords in there, and they're just little songbooks, and you can buy student editions, um, and I have a whole classroom set yeah. that I pull out from time to time, and uh, that, that's a wonderful resource. And then the other thing I was thinking specifically for kindergarten, I was looking through uh, the Amadons I'm Growing Up, oh, I their love most that recent vo- volume, yeah, and that is just that yeah. is so preschool kindergarten stuff. That's just so wonderful oh yeah that is sprinkled throughout my whole kindergarten yeah and and that's officially the new england dance masters yeah and that is a really great resource because not only does it come with a cd but it also comes with a dvd Mm -hmm. where you can actually see them doing these songs and games with children so if you sometimes if you're that you know when you read the directions to an activity and you're like wait what what does that look like or great to leave for a sub Mm -hmm. so it's just a really great resource to have yes Definitely. All right. Should we All right, talk first about first grade. grade? So this is where I feel like I basically, through the years when I have not had kindergarten, I basically treat my first graders like kindergartners up until winter break. Yeah. And even in, you know, beyond a little bit. Because if you don't have those comparatives, if you don't have an understanding of high and low and loud and soft and fast and slow and same and different, then you're not going to be really they're not going to be really understanding any of these what we call melodic and rhythmic concepts. Yeah. So if with first grade, and I also want, I just want them to be steeped in really good songs and steeped in the joy of music making and being musical, right? Yeah. Because more and more, and I know we talk about this all the time, 
Um, we have kids coming to us who have never had joyful music experiences. Yeah. Um, and, and if they have, they've been more passive. Right. Right. So just to get them singing and moving and playing and doing that is so important during those first few months. So my first grade year, the first half of the first grade year is like kindergarten for me. Yeah. And then the second half of the first grade year is me feeling like I'm drowning because right. we're not getting, uh, try as I might, you know, every year I'm just like, I think we can, I can do this. This, this can happen. But it's not about me, right? I can, it's about what they're ready for. Like we were talking about not getting to all those concepts. And yeah. my first graders are, they don't have law right now. And like, yeah. I, I could cram in law and it's just not going to happen. Right. Right. So developmentally, it's not happening for them. And I got to let that go. So yeah. next year will be very interesting to see um, how I'm able to fill in these gaps with kindergarten. And my first grade and kindergarten are going to be on the same page. Doing the same thing. Yeah. Hey, but double lesson plans. Nice. That's true. <laughs> I mean, for a little bit. <laughs> I'm sure you'll bit. end up doing different things. But... Yeah, by the second half of well, the year. Well, even having kindergarten for my little snippets, I still do. I do the same as you. I really do treat. I would say maybe not the first half of the year, but probably a good first third of the year. Mm -hmm. I'm still reviewing all of those yeah. um, comparative things because we also have a high turnover rate at my school. Right. So and I naturally have to do that. So, you know, I'm usually, if I my goal is typically if I can get you know, conceptually, if I can get them doing Ta and Titi before mm -hmm. Christmas, then I'm in pretty good shape for the rest of the year. But even this year, I did that, and I still got behind as far as, you know, what I was hoping to. Oh, you know, I always want to get them on law, too, but we didn't get to law this year. Yeah. But I feel like this was one of the better years I've had with first grade doing work on the staff. I feel like I was finally really getting my head wrapped around you know, that, that develop, child-friendly, developmentally-friendly way of getting them working on the staff mm -hmm. in a really meaningful way. And I feel like my first graders this year are reading from the staff So and Me patterns better than they have before. That's awesome. Because I think I did take my time, and I didn't rush into law. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's I'm feeling pretty good about that. All right. Second grade. Second grade. Um, I, in the springtime, I've been doing a... I don't know, I say big mini musical, but it's called a mini musical, but it still takes some time. And it's all songs that we've been doing anyway that we're doing in the springtime. Uh, and I connect it to the folk tales that they've been doing in their classroom. So in second grade, in their social studies unit, they do some folk tales from around the world. And there's one from um, Ireland, and there's one from uh, uh, Gabon that we always do. and um, and I take those folktales and I put music to it. And this year I was a little, I, I felt like it was a little thin on the music and a little heavier on the instrument playing. Well, I mean, when I say instrument playing, we added like sound effect things yeah. to their um, staged version of these mini musicals. Okay. Right. So each class had a different folk tale. Yeah. That we put music to. So we did sing songs, folk songs from um, that country. So, for example, one of the second grader classes did The Legend of Knockmany, which is from Ireland. Mm -hmm. So I pulled in a couple of Irish folk songs. But we also did some sound effect things, right? Yeah. And then I have some students who are acting out the different parts and they're not speaking 
they are just doing the the acting but i have narrators i have other kids who are narrators and they are saying what's going on yeah so i mean this has worked really well in the past but for whatever reason i felt like we spent so much time on the acting and the narration um that there wasn't enough attention to the music so that was kind of disappointing and it wasn't until we were in it that i saw wow Here's what really needs work, right? right. Or else it's not going to flow or not going to make sense. Um, and my second graders this year, they were, they did not read expressively. Yeah. I'm just going to put it out there. Yeah. They were not expressive readers. And it was very interesting because we, we would practice in class, and every single time it sounded like it was the first time they've ever read it in their lives. Right. And, and that was strange. And... And I really, really had to push on um, kids and, and send notes home about, hey, your, your kid has a speaking part, and, and maybe practice you could practice that. with them, and yeah. reading with expression. And um, so that just kind of took up some extra time, and I felt like by the time we were performing it, it didn't seem, it didn't feel as musical as I wanted it to be. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. That happens. It does. I did a program with second grade this year. I think I might have talked about it on an earlier podcast. I did a little Red Riding Hood, yeah. but my 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 Spanish English version was called Little Rojo Riding Hood, and uh, it sprinkled in some Spanish things as well as, you know, the traditional story. But then you know, working in songs that we were already working on in class, mm-hmm. and I think it went really well. It seemed to be pretty well received. So that was kind of a big high note of second grade. Yeah. Um. Overall, curriculum-wise, I think we did pretty well. Got through Ray. That's always my goal. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, they know the pentatone. Yeah. And um, they know quarter notes, eighth notes, whole notes, and half notes. Yep. So I'm I'm doing pretty well with that. So I'm feeling pretty good as far as that goes. I will say I feel like my second graders are not singing in tune as well as I would like to. Uh And this is something I've just noticed that... That second grade year, I don't know, for me, it's like, I don't know if it's because socially there's something going on there, but I just feel like it's always kind of like a weird time. And then when we get to third grade, I find the kids slip back into it and that they're singing better in tune. Have you noticed this before? You know, about second grade um, and not singing in tune, I've noticed that my, my second graders sing really well in tune when they're in their classes. Yeah. But when you put them all together, like... Oh, for, for this like a program. program. Yeah. So one of the things that we did to bridge the stories is we sang the Ratlin Bog. Yeah. You know, that, and that was the, like, capper of the Irish um, story. And then, w- so when they get in mass, yeah. they tend to get shouty. Yeah, yeah. And excited. And it was interesting because I was like, am I pitching this up high enough? Because that's always my first well, right. thought is that, are we singing in the range that we should be singing in? Because yeah. All over the place, you see and hear kids getting shouty, and it's because they can't make their voice do that right. lower range, and it's so important for them to be singing in that higher register. But that wasn't it in this case. It was yeah. just they get excited, and they they're in shouting. a group, and then they get really shouty, and yeah. I, I keep trying to have them back off. And um, so, yeah, I had that issue as well. Well, and now that you're saying that, I wonder if it's because, you know, when we were singing – you know, so me and law, you know, it just lends itself so well to singing up in the head voice. And then when we add Doe and Ray, maybe I'm not pitching things high enough and I might be keeping things in too low of a range. Yeah. 
yeah, it's in, it's because if we kind of float around like pitching things in like Edo, that that does even Edo can be kind of low. For it some is, kids. but and and Dido. If I'm so me line, I, I'm in F major, G major. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, which can feel a little high for me, but right. that's where they should be. Not for the kids, yeah. But no, not. it's a good reminder because that's probably part of what it is too. Yeah. So I don't know. It's just something. Curriculum wise, my second graders are in pretty good shape. Ray is shaky. Yeah. But and I'm gonna have to reteach it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, I feel like my kids are understanding it conceptually and they're getting it on the staff pretty well. Um, but singing wise they're not singing always singing those intervals but then third grade will happen yeah and i'm curious to see so my plan for third grade then when we come back in the fall is to really do a lot of work with just the pentatonic scale just you know and name it as the pentatonic scale and Mm -hmm. do lots of work not only singing but also on barred instruments yeah and really give them those experiences and hopefully that'll click but then when we're talking about the barred instruments and this this is my continuous you know issue with using the bard in- instruments and and i use them of course yeah. but having them like play out melodies in c major is not a good thing oh yeah no i wouldn't do it in c <laughs> I, I mean, usually i usually am going to pitch it in f right i do a couple of patterns yeah. all over the place on the bard instruments yeah. but then when it comes to melodic work it's just it gets a little funky yeah. and i have accidentals to put in right and um i was but very fair enough you're good yeah that's true yeah and i was very lucky to get some additional instruments this year so i can have more kids on more instruments sure. and, and start layering more parts but melodically that's always been kind of like you know it's hard it's a hard thing yeah shall we move on to third grade? yeah good segue yeah here we go third grade third grade um let me think third grade third, you might you know you were just saying about singing so well my third graders boy they do sound good they, oh, they that's do good. sing well that's good for the most part yeah i would say actually of all of my grades well exception of my older students which i'll talk about later but um third grade for me is actually a really st- even more of a struggle this year and mm-hmm. usually third grade Typically, for me, seems to be a year where kids sing well in tune. But for some reason, this group, particular group of third graders, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. you just have a batch of kids where it's just a struggle. And I, we're really boy heavy, and I hate to, I hate to blame it on that because we all know boys can sing really well of in course, tune as well. Yeah. But I, I feel like I don't have a lot of strong girl. Um, vocal role models in third grade Mm -hmm. and a lot of my boys even though they're sweet um they're kind of like tough boys and so they do that stigma and there's There's, yeah they do the grovelly singing thing and you know keep in mind this is my second year at the school right so as we get older and older in this conversation yeah (laughs) it's been harder and harder for me to to get the kids to flip it up into their head voice. You'll train them up, though. Yeah, we're getting there. We're getting there. Yeah. Um, you know, in third grade, again, it could be a matter of where I'm pitching things because we've worked on low la mm-hmm. and low so. And then you so really got to be really, Yeah, you're... exactly. And so I, I feel like just because of the, the song literature being, you know, a little lower as far as pitch goes um, and interval-wise goes because mm-hmm. they're going down low, then they just sink. I don't know. You have that problem a little bit? Yeah, yeah, I do. And yeah. and it's funny because you talk about the lower and they just sink. And yeah. then when you're doing high dough and then they just go They go so. bananas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's but all, rhythmically they were on it because we did Ticka Ticka. And I mean, for, Ticka Ticka is one of my favorite concepts to teach. Yeah, well, the songs I mean, it's and just so chants fun. are so much fun. So everything Ticka Ticka has gone extremely well. That's good. Yeah. Well, and you know, I was thinking about the younger g- grades 
uh, because I was doing something the other day. I was doing some inner hearing and some audiation. And that is something that is so valuable that I have lots of lessons in a row where I just get away from it. And yeah. I just forget about how important a tool that is, especially for the in-tune singing. Right. Right? And then I go back to it, and then I go, why? I, I think to myself, why am I not doing this, like, making it a checkbox? Well, actually, it is a checkbox on my official lesson plan, which, let's be honest, I do not fill out my official, full, fleshed out, every little thing lesson plan for every lesson because I need to sleep sometimes. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's a wonderful, you know, little checklist to go through, but I just need to make sure that I'm pulling in those audiation activities where we're singing inside our head, where we're doing the songs uh, where you have motions and you take out the yeah. singing. And, or have the little sign that mm -hmm. sing versus no sing right. in your head. Because I notice that when I get away from that in certain grades, because we get busy with whatever it is, yeah. that, yeah, that their in-tuneness kind of... Fluctuates. Yeah. Good idea. Yeah. Third um, grade for you? Third good. grade for me? Yeah. Third grade overall was uh, good. We, I don't Your know. Your daughter's in third grade. My daughter's in third grade. <laughs> I, I feel like recorders, I think I should have moved faster in recorders. Okay. Yeah. And see, I don't start recorder in third grade. Yeah. I'm thinking of maybe someday, but not quite and, yet. But you know what? Then again, I, this is something I keep going back and forth. Like, for me, when I teach recorders in third grade, it feels like we're going so slow. However, it really paid off because I did end up doing a recorder concert with third graders. Um, and I added the choir into that. And I didn't, there was no squeaking. And there yeah. were so many um, comments from teachers and parents about like, wow, they sounded so nice on the recorders. And, oh, good. Um, you know, it was. So you took your time. I took my time, and then and they have really good tone on the recorders. We are B A G, and, when and you're a little bit them, Third grade, the recorder. Are you teaching them by letter name or through solfege or both? No, I'm. Well, we're we flip back and forth. So okay. all of our B A G songs, we learn to sing on Mi Re Do as well. Right, right. right. Or I should, yeah. Yeah. So um, I flip back and forth, but they're reading B A's and G's. Um, and you taught them B. A and G through the recorder or prior? Um, like, are they learning their letter names on the staff? They learn the absolute pitches on the staff right before recorder happens. Okay, got it. So, yeah, so I did something similar, but I'm just like a year behind. So I'll get to yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, and in second grade, when we're on the instrument and yeah. I say, let's play do and so, for example, yeah. Um, we talk through that and we use sure. the instrument. And, yeah. But we if don't really F, get into so? read it on the staff. Sure. Yeah. But they know that there's letter names that can correlate. And we talk about how we talk about movable dough. Like, yeah. oh, look, today dough is, and of course you do this on the staff, today dough is on G on your instrument, yeah. right? And we could also have dough be on F. I mean, in, in dribs and drabs, they get this absolute pitch idea, but we're right. not reading it on the staff Got until it. it's necessary. Yeah. And yeah, we've absolutely. talked about that and yeah. how that's important. I just couldn't remember when you were saying third grade if you taught them Strictly just through self-azure, the staff, but... Yeah. Yeah. And then um, on the staff, it's interesting because I do like to do the full treble staff, mm -hmm. but this year I've spent more time in third grade just focusing on B, A, G, and E. Yeah. So when we do our practicing on the staff, I really don't do a lot of practicing on the other lines and spaces because yeah. we're not applying them yet. Right. Um, so anyway, like I, it's kind of a... a 
a, a balance because I felt like I should have gone faster on recorders. Like maybe they could have had, handled it a little bit faster. But then again, you, you know, got the results. I got, I got them there. Yeah, that's good. So fourth grade. Fourth grade. Fourth grade. <laughs> so this is where I'll, I'll say for me <laughs> that um, I would say fourth grade. Well, let's see. They're like a half a year behind where I would typically want fourth graders to be. And again, this is where I'm catching them up. Sure, of um, Because they were not with a with a, a Kodai-inspired teacher before me. So as far as literacy skills, they were not focusing on solfege, rhythm syllables yeah. at all. So um, we got through a Cinco Pa in uh-huh. fourth grade. Um, that's typically one of the first concepts I teach in fourth grade. So we got through that. And then in our district, it's very interesting because that is a fifth grade concept in our district. That's true. Well, that's true. So I'm ahead as far as that yeah. goes. But melodically, um, you know, they're, they're the same as third grade as far as just low so. Like we didn't get to high do. Mm-hmm. I usually try to get to high do pretty early in fourth grade, if not the end of third grade, if I can, but we didn't get there. Um... And definitely no, you know, fa or t or anything like right. that, or, or uh, tom t. You know, right. I did. I did not fall with my fourth graders. Yeah, but I, one thing that I really focused with them on was the treble clef staff. So kind of mm-hmm. what you're saying with third grade was what I did with fourth grade this year was do a lot of work, you know. And again, they had some experiences with the idea of movable dough and if you know, on the bar instruments and just on the staff a little bit, but then we really hit it hard right before a recorder. Um, and then for me, the low note was I just, I started with recorder way too late. Mm-hmm. Um, I I love to think of like that period after spring break to the end of the year is like this nifty little amount of time that would be a lovely amount of time to do a little mini unit like recorder, but it's really not that much time. No. Yeah. I mean, it's only, it's five weeks if we're lucky. Yeah. Um, but those weeks get so interrupted with so many things. There's field trip, there's, uh-huh. you know, testing going on, field days, just so much going on that I really, I can't, I can't get through enough in that amount of time that I had wanted to. So definitely for next year, if I'm going to do recorder with fourth grade, which I plan on it, <laughs> excuse me, I'm definitely going to start them before spring break. Yeah. Because there's just no way. February always seems to be a really good time to start fourth yeah. grade on recorder. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I think fourth grade, um, fourth grade was a struggle for me this year for a couple of reasons. We have, we had this year, or actually we currently have because we're not out yet, but we have four fourth grade classes. Oh, yeah. And so the fourth one was divided into three and then went along with the other classes, right? Yeah. And so... For the classroom teachers, they had, like, numbers, like, 21, 22, but we had heavier numbers, of course. Yeah, what's your biggest group, then? Are you Uh, pushing 30? Yeah. Wow, that's a lot of bodies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So that was one thing. And um, it was just, it was hard for the fourth graders. Well, it just seemed like a challenge for them to really deeply understand a lot of these melodic and rhythmic concepts, overall, um, they really struggled. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's a group that overall, <laughs> back in third grade, um, it was the same story. So 
with this group, I know that this is going to be something that I really have to pay attention to. It's just one of those years. It is one of those <laughs> years, but yeah, those are the kids coming. Those are the kids I have to teach, and, and those are the kids that, yeah. you know. Um, there's still growth to be made. There is lots of growth <laughs> to be made, and they're so sweet. They're yeah. lovely, but uh, over and over again, there would be things that would happen that I would go, oh my goodness, we don't get this yet? Wow, I thought we had this, you know, and we right. back up the train. Uh, I'm trying to think of a specific example because, and every time, every time it happened, I'd be, I'd, you know, do one of those, like, hit my forehead Oh, like if you're Mentally. asking, like, what solfege something is, and they say a rhythm. Right, instead. exactly. Like, yeah. yeah. Or or we're chanting rhythms, and they start um, hand signing, and right. you go, wow, oh my goodness, wrong, what's going on? Wrong um, thing. <laughs> yeah. How long have you been here? Right. Um, yeah, but that's on me, because this is not, there's been some turnover, right? But it's not a completely new group of kids. Right. And it was interesting having that third, or that fourth Fourth grade, split in three, it, it, socially and, um, you know, how they operate kind of is, is funky. So did they mix up all three classes? No. No. Four so classes. four classes. So, so you've got three that are still in their regular class. Right. And then, like, and Mr. K's class. Up. Okay. You know. Six of his kids go here, and six of his kids go there, and six of the kids go there. The majority of the kids in the homeroom, so to speak, does that do they kind of leave out the other kids? No, in fact, most of the year, I really, you know, I have to think hard about. Okay, is this kid? This kid comes with Mrs. So and So's class. Good. Yeah, I mean, so yeah, yeah. So they bonded well and everything, and uh, they they're uh, they're a little too cool for school already. It's interesting. Oh yeah. Which I've not really experienced that much with fourth grade, and teaching sixth grade, I'm used to that. I I guess whatever. (laughs) Yeah, whatever your top grade is, you're gonna get some of that, right? Uh, But for fourth grade, there was a there was a few times where they were um, snubbing the song or the activity or the game that we were doing. Yeah, which made it all that more challenging. See, that was my last year's fourth graders, which I'll talk about in a minute. We talk about fifth grade, but for me, my fourth graders this year. I would say they're actually a little bit on the immature side, but mm-hmm. I like that when it comes to music because they still love to just sing. Well, and see, play here's what I'm saying though, because the, the, these fourth graders they are on the immature side as far as a, a lot of things. Yeah, but they still have this kind of um, "I'm too old for that." Okay, about other yeah, things. Yeah, my kids don't have that for for some reason, which is good. I yeah. mean, I'm happy that they right. don't. I hope they don't next year either. That yeah. would be lovely. Well, going into next year, I know with fourth grade that I'm going to be doing some hardcore review of stuff. Yeah. Um, and and so, and they're so sweet. They really are. But there's just a lot of things that I was aware that they were not getting. And I should look for the high point. You know what? They they sing. <laughs> they sing well. They were doing, they were singing in parts very well. They can carry ostinatos uh very well um anything that we were putting on instruments on barred instruments they were doing fine and actually even on recorder they were they were doing great on recorder um that's great yeah and we didn't we didn't really get as deep into recorder as i normally do with fourth grade because um well we were trying to get other things done and they also had a concert a performance in the spring and so we just didn't get as far so 
Um, I just, they need, we need to go deeper in everything yeah. with, with those kids who are going to be fifth grade next year. So anyway, yeah. I don't mean to be a, a Debbie Downer. No, but... I mean, we all have those, those classes and I don't know about you, but what always makes me feel better is when I talk to their classroom teacher or the other specials amp teachers and I get, oh yeah, that group is really challenging for me too, mm-hmm. you know? So when you realize it is, sometimes it's just that group. It's just that mix of kids. Yeah. But and it's not even really behavior wise. It's, they're challenging well, academically. Yeah, no, that too. Yeah. I totally. mean, that's. There's just a slightly lower group. Yeah. For whatever reason. And and I have to approach things on, you know, m- many different ways for yeah. them to really understand. And I just need to go deeper, like I yeah. said. All right, let's move on to fifth grade because that's a happier time, happier thing for me to talk about. Okay, well, um, <laughs> quite the opposite for me. Fifth grade was definitely my most challenging grade, and they were challenging to me as fourth graders as well. Um, and it's interesting because, you know, we have three classes, and our, our dual language class is probably one of the best classes in the whole school, mm-hmm. and they're really amazing. But for some reason, you know, it's it's human nature, I guess. When I think about fifth grade, I don't even, like, think of them <laughs> as fifth graders. I think of the other two classes, which have just been behavior challenges for our whole school. Um, yeah, just some of our, you know, quote-unquote high flyers, <laughs> you know, Um they're, they're really challenging kids, um, but it's just been about finding things that have worked well with them. And again, I mean, these kids are way off as far as like conceptually in a traditional Kodai sequence, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're not really, I'm not really even on the Kodai sequence anymore. But I tried to give them a little bit of... This is only your second year with them. Oh, I don't yeah. know. And I'm not down on that, but it's just about like, okay, how, you know, making choices. Like I was doing some solfege and definitely lots of rhythm, rhythmic work with them. They uh-huh. liked the rhythmic stuff, but it was more applications towards, towards drumming. We did some world music drumming stuff. Um, and then I did the stomp thing with them. I talked about that in an earlier podcast where mm-hmm. they got to create their own stomp ensembles and we did a program and that actually went pretty well. But again, it was like, I always felt like we're on the verge of complete chaos every time oh, <laughs> I, yeah. I had these classes just because that that's, they were either like totally into it and exciting or completely falling apart and you just never knew what you're going to get. Ugh. I know it was just one of those, those groups, but, okay. um, but we've been doing recorder because same thing as last year, I started recorder with them a little bit too late and I had promised them, you know, that we'll continue in fifth grade. Um, and they have really enjoyed, um, doing recorder and I've been doing the whole seesaw testing thing mm-hmm. on the app seesaw so it's very self-guided and I think they they really love that as a group they love doing things at their own pace they love working with groups and with teams and with, pre- with oh, friends um, and so if they're able to do that in a way that's productive that's better. are they able to get along in groups sometimes yes sometimes no okay. there's a lot of fighting a lot a lot of fighting oh. um so there's definitely some strategic separation. There are some kids that just know 100% can't work together. Do ever. you ever get these emails from, I don't know, administration or classroom teachers saying somebody's parent has requested that they're not near or in or working in a group with so-and-so? Oh, yeah. We get that. I mean, sometimes they are legitimate safety uh, sure. concerns. Sure. I mean, I, we, yeah. We've had a couple of students have to change classes just this year yeah. because they couldn't be in the same class yeah. as another kid. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, and this group, I mean, recess, I mean, thank goodness I see them when I see them. I only see them the second hour of the day. So at that point, not that much drama has happened uh-huh. because it's like every day at recess, uh. there's there's like actual legitimate fighting going on. Oh. So I guess I should be lucky it doesn't get to that point in my classroom. No one's throwing down. Oh, no, I mean, I've had some pushing and shoving, but it's it's usually like more on the play fighting side, but it's, mm-hmm. it could definitely quickly cross the line. Sure. So, so fifth grade overall, I know, and now I'm being Debbie Downer, sounding like it's a bit of a low note, but things that have gone well, the stomp thing went really well with them, and recorder's actually gone well with them. And I'm happy to be done with it now, for okay. sure. Ready to move on. Yeah. How about you? Well, you you've you had know, a good fifth grade year. I, I have, and I'm kind of bittersweet because this is the year where we're going to be losing fifth grade. Oh, that's right. We're, we're going to lose sixth grade from elementary school entirely, right? Yeah. But then the fifth graders are going to middle school, and all year long, um, it's keeps dawning on me over and over again like you're not gonna have I'm not gonna size. have them and I'm not I'm not used to that I'm used to okay and then in sixth grade year we'll, we'll yeah. go further with this project like yeah and um so for the last month especially I've kind of been freaking out because there was just no way for them to do some of these fun sixth grade projects yeah. that I do um and and they're just I, I want to see them as sixth graders, actually. Yeah. <laughs> because uh, they really could do some things, you yeah. know? I mean, when they were writing some compositions for their alto recorders, there was, they were getting really excited about it and adding on more instruments and performing. And that was the other fun thing is that they didn't have any qualms about performing in front of each other. That's great. Whereas, like, my sixth graders, there were some, they were doing a blues project where they were writing their own blues, and then... Um, I said, you've got to perform. You could perform for only me or you could perform for the whole class, right? Yeah. And, I mean, I had a whole sixth grade class where nearly everyone performed only for me. Yeah. And that's that, you know, that social stigma that they just do not want to perform in front of each other. But the fifth graders were all game. That's awesome. And when we were doing some improvisation stuff, they got really excited to see, like, how... They can build off of things. Um, it just was, I'm going to miss them. And yeah. I'm, I'm sad that I won't see them. Yeah. And, and that's um, just got to be strange, the idea of losing two grade level. I mean, like, two groups of kids. Yeah. Because it's always a little emotional, you know, yeah. especially if you've been with your kids the whole time, saying goodbye. Mm-hmm. And saying goodbye to two groups of kids. Yeah. It's got to be a little weird. Yeah, it is a little weird. But I've been kind of, you know... Not uh, not remembering all year long. I just have to keep reminding myself, oh, that's right. I won't see them either. Right. Because I'm used to thinking that, okay, sixth grade, these kids are moving on. I won't be seeing them. But uh, so. so for next year, does that mean there's definitely things that you have been saving for sixth grade that you're going to bump up to fifth grade? Yeah, and I should. And I did do with a, a couple of things. Yeah. I did do that with fifth grade. But I can't. It, I just can't fit it all in. Well, of course. And, yeah, there's going to have to be some choices right and and I'm trying to revamp I'm really looking forward to this summer revamping my year plans yeah with all of these things in mind sure I mean you have to revamp depending on where the group is anyway right. but now I'm trying there are some things in sixth grade that I just have to lose yeah and and that's just how it is and and I'm always really curious about how I know there's lots of music teachers who do ukuleles and they do um you know they do chimes like yeah. in our district that's a big thing as the handbells and right. the chimes and they do a whole unit on that which is such a, a 
fun, wonderful thing that I've never been willing to give up that amount of time to right. do. Um, I could see doing it as an after-school club. Um, I've done guitar as an after-school club, but I don't have, well, first of all, I don't have enough guitars. Yeah. But, like, working it into the school year just seems like, oh, my gosh, how would that how would that happen? But right. anyway, um, so I'm looking forward to revamping, but that's, like... Yeah. But then on the other side, after a couple of years of having kindergarten, you're going to be able to start moving, scooting things up, hopefully. Exactly. So, like, this summer is a big revamp your your plans and so is next summer because hopefully you know everybody will be where i where they should be in my perfect um kodai inspired classroom mind that's probably never going to happen but wow we all have goals yeah we have goals (laughs) uh so shall we talk about sixth grade oh sure So sixth grade again. I mean, I've only had them as fifth graders and sixth graders. Is it a don't let the door hit you on the way out situation? A little bit. You know, it's been up and down with this sixth grade group, and I mean, I will say actually, in many ways, they have not been as challenging as my fifth graders. Well, there you go. They're uh, so I see them basically first thing in the morning, and this sixth grade group is in particular is just notorious. They don't get to school on time. They're the tardiness is through the roof. Wow. So I will start class and I'll be missing a third of the class. So it's been really challenging trying to figure out how how to do instruction with them with that many students gone mm-hmm. and trickling in as the day goes on. And then even after they are there, and you know, there's so much research about this too with, you know, preteens and teens, um, you know, what time they should be starting their school yes. day versus elementary kids. They're, they're so tired and mm-hmm. they're so lethargic so it, it is hard to get them moving and excited but I've treated my sixth grade this year as you know maybe one would treat like a middle school general music class uh-huh. you know just knowing that this is the time I've been given with them and more than anything my goal for these kids knowing what music class was like before was I just wanted them to enjoy music class and mm-hmm. enjoy that feeling of joyful making music together in an ensemble that, you know, it's not just sitting and opening a book to page 55 and singing these songs until it's time to go, which right. is what they had been doing previously. Oh. So, the you know, we, we split our year into trimesters. So I just said first trimester is going to be about drumming mm-hmm. and with some, you know, singing sprinkled in. Second trimester is guitar with some singing sprinkled in. And third trimester is piano. And I really just treated it, in my mind, like what a middle school, I haven't taught middle school general music, but to me, but that's But you what, have, because you've taught sixth grade. Well, this is true. So to me, that's what that felt like. And so I wasn't, you know, trying to hit in major concepts. Now, of course, we did lots of rhythmic reading mm-hmm. when we did drumming, and we did lots of melodic stuff when it came to, well, especially piano, guitar a little bit, and then idea behind chords and you know, but I didn't get in a lot into theory because I just knew at that point what was what, what was more important to me, me lecturing to them about music or them mm-hmm. actually experiencing music. Well, yeah, and, and if you have older beginners, you exactly. know, you, you have this understanding of what has to come first. They've yeah. got to get a good sense of beat. Yeah. You want them to, like, be making music and enjoying it. Yeah. Like, that's prominent. That's That comes before anything because they're not going to do it. And what I love about that model is that there are kids that that did well in all three, and then there are many kids who really shine in one particular area of those mm-hmm. three and not the others. There were some kids that just totally came alive when we did guitars that I hadn't seen 
come alive when we were doing drumming. Or there are some kids that with piano, like, holy cow, where have you been all year, kid? You know, all of a sudden with piano, and maybe it's because it is me with my headphones practicing on the keyboard and kind of working it out like a puzzle in a way. And then, oh, I got it. I'm going to go play this song for you. So it's just been interesting to see which kids were able to excel in each area. And I feel like every one of my sixth graders had at least one place that was like, that was, there was their niche. That's where they felt good. That's awesome. So, you know, maybe they weren't totally amazingly successful, you know, in every single thing, but they at least had a third of the year (laughs) that they felt pretty good. And you know, I, I give them credit for, for trying and putting themselves out there, especially in the more performance things like the drumming. You know, a lot of our kids felt very vulnerable during that. And so we just did a lot of talking about what ensemble is and it's okay to make mistakes. And, you know, it was it was very therapeutic as well. But yeah, well, they need that. Yeah, yeah. And so I felt good. And, you know, just knowing that, you know, not all of them will continue with music, mm-hmm. you know, when they go to middle school and that's okay. Well, and I that's just, such, you know, that's when I kind of, I freak out a little bit because I think this might be mo- many of these kids' last music class formal experience ever. with music. Yeah, and that's it's a lot of pressure. Sad and a lot of pressure. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, I feel like we've got a huge responsibility there. Yes. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So that's been my sixth grade year. I would mm-hmm. I wouldn't say you know it's my best you know year of well I didn't have sixth grade in my last district it was fifth grade but you know every year it will get easier you know yes, the longer you're at a district and the longer you're at a school and you you see the kids come through and grow up mm-hmm. um I mean yeah I'm not totally sad to see them leave but I'm also <laughs> not totally happy either I'm, I'm kind of like on the fence about yeah it. you know and some kids I really did bond with in the short amount of time that I was there and right. I, I will definitely be sad to see them go so. yeah how about you, Tanya? <laughs> totally different experience. You've had these kids since well, first grade. Yeah, yeah, I have. I have. But, you know, at sixth grade, along with that maturity, they change. They oh, change yeah. big time. And um, uh, it's a mix. My sixth grade uh, behaviorally is a mixed bag. So it's kind of interesting. So I have three sixth grade classes. I would say one of them are totally in one of those classes and they really it's this is very interesting to see how they feed off of each other mm-hmm. and that whole like social dynamic because i saw my sixth graders today who this class they're gung-ho they want to sing they want to perform they want to make music together they want on the instruments they they really want to take it to that next step and they're very creative yeah and there's some kids in there who can be a little curmudgeon-y but they go along with a group Right. right, and the group mentality is, yay, let's we're do here this, to have right? Fun. So um, I had a group today who were performing their blues, and so not only did most of them want to perform it for each other, I had one group today who were like, well, we went last time, but we've made some changes and we want to go again today. Oh my gosh! Right, and then I had another group that um, they did their song, and they're like, and then we want in this part, we want the whole class. I mean, it was. It was kind of dorky because they were making llama sounds or something like, but it was in the, it was like, it was within the framework. It was in the framework and... and it was within the form. So they're like, when the solo happens, we want the whole class to chant this, right? Oh and it wasn't inappropriate or anything. Yeah. It was dorky, but just, you know, Aww. but, and they all went along with that and they're just very happy and excited and, 
And then the ones who aren't are like, well, everybody else is, so I guess. So there was that dynamic going on. Yeah. And then I have um, another class, which could go either way. Yeah. And there, and, and I've had some really successful things with them, and I've had some not so successful uh, things. And there's a few uh, leaders in there that are, are a little bit negative, but then, like you were saying, they found um, times where they really would shine, right? Yeah. So I did some drumming. I did a... a um, percussion unit as well and I had a couple of kids who normally are really reluctant I really have to push on to, to participate and they were the leaders you yeah. know and they were excited about that Aww. so so I have that class um, that's a mixed bag and and then I'll be very honest I have a third class of sixth grade who um let's see how shall we how shall it? we put this <laughs> At times, and, and, you know, I'm human, so at times I let things get to me. But there have been several times this year where I've been convinced that they just hate me. Yeah. Oh, I hear you. You know, where I'm like, wow, these these kids, these sixth graders, <laughs> <laughs> if the building was on fire and they had an opportunity to, like, I don't know, save me, they would not. Now, <laughs> okay, I'm going to extreme, and and that's on a bad day, you know. No, I just, hear you. I know the reality of the situation is that um, they're they're going through hard times. Yeah, and I have to put it. I do put it in perspective. Um, I will say that the mindfulness that I've been doing at the beginning of class for most of the year, even though there have been a few of them that um, will roll their eyes at me and complain. Mm-hmm. They really benefit from it. Yeah. They can't let me know that, right? right. But I've noticed that the times that I skip that, um, it, it's slightly different. Yeah. So that has been something that has really helped focus them. That's good. Um, and they don't all, you know, they, they, they don't all hate me. Well, no, I'm there sure might they be don't. a couple. And but... have you found too with like you know some of these older kiddos, like the ones who you feel like you just can't connect with, and you're just there's a wall. Those are the ones who come back and visit you. Have you ever had that happen? Oh, definitely. This yeah. year, even, yeah. So you know, we well, say and, that yeah. now at the end of the year, it's like, oh, these kids, they just we have I've never I haven't connected with them, and there's something. Which just we can't get through to each other, uh-huh. and then all of a sudden they'll be the ones that walk in October. Hey, Miss, how are you? Exactly. You know? <laughs> and then whenever I find myself having a little pity party and thinking, "Oh, this whole class hates me," I have to like check in and go, "Okay, you know what? This is not about me." Right. And you know these these kids are in sixth grade, and yeah. this is this is a challenging time, and and they've got all kinds of things going on at home. Yeah. Most of which I have no idea yeah. about, and it's not about it's about what's going on with them and yeah. it's just coming out whenever yeah. it comes out and for some of them it's coming out all day long oh yeah so i mean if i check around and talk to the art teacher the pe teacher the classroom teacher they're like it's definitely not oh you. yeah um that That's student she's constantly too. rolling her eyes at mm-hmm. me and she said this snide remark and and the thing, if you're a teacher and you hear this all the time you can't take it personal. Right. You know, even when it is very personal, even right. when they're trying to dig it's at you. It's hard not to, though, because, yeah. you know, we all want to be that teacher that just gets through to every single I kid. I know. But you know what? This is can. not a Meryl Streep movie. Exactly. And <laughs> I was going to say, we're not Sometimes that's not happening. <laughs> and and I tell my own children this all the time. They're so tired of me t- saying it. But I say, hey, hurt people hurt people. You know, that's what they know. Ooh. Hurt people hurt people. 
Okay. Yeah. <laughs> really? I like it. No, it's so true. Because that's what they're conditioned oh, to do, right? Yeah. Well, they don't want to let people in. They don't want to let people they in. they don't want to be disappointed. And they, they don't want to get hurt. Many times they don't know how not to hurt. Oh, yeah. Right? I so, mean, yeah, our kids are coming with so much emotional baggage. No matter what school you teach at, no matter what community, you know, our kids are coming with lots of baggage. Mm-hmm. And and just developmentally, yeah. like the oh, age yeah. they're at. There's so yeah. much going on. I mean, I've had to say to a few students this year, you know, it's okay if you're frustrated. Just remember, I'm not I'm not here to be your enemy. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to be your enemy in anything. I'm here for you. Music might not be your favorite place to be, mm-hmm. but let's do the best we can. Right. Maybe you'll learn something. Maybe you'll have some fun. Yeah. I'm not here to be your enemy. Yeah. And whenever I get hurt and angry about it, I just lose big time. It doesn't go anywhere. No, so exactly. I just, you got to keep it in perspective. Um, yeah. And yeah. So there have been some very successful times with the, the sixth graders overall. And then, you know, there's a handful of them that I'm like, well, it's okay. It's okay because it doesn't, yeah, they've probably gotten something out of it that I don't even know. Yeah. Right? And I will say, too, I mean, you know, bringing it back to the whole field day thing, you know, I found that there were some sixth graders that I had a more positive interaction with today running the long jump event at field day because it wasn't in my room. It wasn't this place where they feel like, oh, music, I just don't want to be in here. They were doing something athletic and something outside and something more fun. And I was the same person, but -hmm. just because it was a different environment. Yeah, when you take it out of context. They were were like, oh, she's not so bad after all. (laughs) Exactly. I'm the same person. I might be wearing jeans and tennis shoes, but I'm the same person. And then we just have to remember that music is a very vulnerable thing. It is, totally. And especially if you're you're Kodai-inspired and you're focusing a lot on the singing. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, that age group, yeah. whether or not they're going through any kind of voice change, they feel very vulnerable yeah. using their voice and yeah. putting themselves out there because their peers' opinion is everything. Yeah. And so, boy, that there's just so much to take in and and remember about that age group. So, yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting to not have sixth graders um, totally. next year. I I kind of look forward to it because I look forward to like you were saying making getting kindergarten and um you know but at the on on the other side you can you can do some things with sixth grade that you can't well and i'll still have sixth grade so i can ask you for lots of advice tanya yeah (laughs) yeah but no i do love those sixth graders it's a yeah they'll get through it they will yeah we'll be i'll be at their graduation i will shake everybody's hand and look at them in the eye and say was happy to have I was happy to have you and good luck. Ah. Yeah. And now it's time for our work smarter not harder teacher tip where we share a little tidbit of information that hopefully makes our teacher life a little easier. So Tanya has one for us today. Yeah, I do. And you know, though, I have to be honest that every time I have one of these, I I think everybody does that already. Come on. Nah. But maybe not. So um, this is not really 
tech, but kind of, sort of. Uh, so I use a Mac calendar. I know some people use Google Calendar or Outlook or whatever. And one thing that I have started doing is um, giving notes to my future self. So as I am packing up my room or packing up certain things, I am writing in August on the days that we come back, the teacher work days, um, I'm putting little uh, alerts and calendar events on those days that, hey, the box that has this, that, and the other is in the blue cabinet labeled whatever. Oh. And. No, I like that. Yeah, and I've also started to document on Google Docs that I can link to in my calendar, you know, so I can just open it. Oh, right. To give me the reminders like, there have been a few things that have come up that, okay, I can't do this right now. It's got to happen in August when we come back, like the Colorado Symphony um, field trip. Right. They just announced those dates, like, oh. today, by oh. email. Good and I'm like, know. Thank you. thanks, people. I really wish this would have been a week ago because I wanted those dates. But now I have to kind of push it until August right. to make sure that those dates are going to work. Anyway. Okay. So, but if you're putting it in your calendar, but if I put it in my calendar, when you get back. yeah, because I know me, yeah, and here is me, um, several years in a row, is shoving some things in a box, thinking this is a very important box with very important things that I need to make sure I get out first thing in August. I will put it in this cabinet. I will remember that it's in this cabinet. I know I will. And then I come back from school and I get a, where's that a day one in, thing I can't like, find? Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. So anyway. Um, I even have a note to myself on uh, where the elf on the shelf is. Not for school. I'm not doing that. But, like, for my own house. And you know. What do you mean? He's at the North Pole. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> I'm sorry. I meant I have you a little note to contact. Note to contact him. Yeah. To contact on, the on elf. her, actually. Oh, where, I forgot. Yes, where you Sparkle have a girl. is. Where Sparkle is. Yes. So a reminder to I contact can, Sparkle. A reminder to contact Sparkle. To so that Sparkle does come back and Sparkle is not lost in some nether region. Good. Okay. Yeah. This is a kid friendly podcast. This is a kid friendly. Of course it is. So, anyway, I've been just taking to <laughs> giving notes to my future self in my calendar with that's an alert idea. that's going to go off. So, I love it. You know, it'll be November and something's going to go off and I'll be like, "Oh, that's right." That's this awesome. is the day that I want to, I don't know, flip the mattress, whatever. Nice. Yeah. So, that's my little tip. It's time for our CODA section, where we each share a professional or personal recommendation. Um, or maybe um, I could share a personal and a professional one this time. Yes, you can do too. But, but I'm going to let you go first. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I have been singing with my kindergartners from a book, and it's called Sing, a picture book. And it's based off the song Sing, Sing, sing a, a Song, which is from Sesame sing Street. Um, by Joe Raposo. Am I saying that right? Yeah, I believe so. Um, and then there is a lovely little picture book with illustrations by Tom Lichtenheld, I believe is how you would pronounce it. And it's just 
got sweet little pictures of these little birds and one little birdie can't sing as well as the other little birdies and this little boy comes along and sings to him and boosts him up and then off he goes and he sings and he's with his little friends and it's just a sweet little thing. I like to find these sweet little books we talked earlier about, you know, songs mm-hmm. that don't necessarily have like a specific And spot. that's a great beginning of the yearbook. Oh, that's true. Because To encourage them to sing. Yeah, it's this whole theme well, of... I've been tying it into getting kindergarten ready for kindergarten graduation oh, and how nice. important it is that we sing songs, you know, as a celebration of something. So I've been tying it in with that. But yeah, it would be a good beginning. And then of you can tack too. on that quote of um, if only the best ber- best singers, I'm messing it up, you know, the, the if only birds. the birds who sang best sang the forest would be very... Quiet. Quiet. I know what you're talking about, you know but I can't about. think of what it is. All right, I'll find the quote. I'll put okay, it in the show tell notes you I'll put because the quote I've the made notes. a mess of it now. But it's yeah, an awesome quote. It is yeah. an awesome quote. Yeah, so it's just a sweet little picture book, and I it was like a total score because it was, for some reason, marked at a dollar at the Scholastic Book Fair. Oh, score. And I think not this last year but the year before um i mean i'm looking at it right now on amazon and you know they've, they've you're gonna pay it. the big bucks yeah for your prime but anyways um it's a great little picture book and a great little song and nice. fun to do okay send them off happy at the end of the year did you have a personal one too or just no let's just go with that okay <laughs> Well, we are nearing the end of the school year, and I'm also going to recommend a picture book that maybe you've seen and used and everything. It's not new. It's been around for a while, but it is a picture book that I um, have many years I have used it as the very last thing I do with the kids on the very last day of school, Um, and I've, I've done this with grades first through sixth. And it's the book Summertime, the song Summertime from Porgy and Bess, of course, the Gershwin song. And um, But this is, oh my goodness, where is officially the thing? Um, uh, DeBose Hayward and Dorothy Hayward. The illustrations are just beautiful. So it shows African-American family. It looks like the South. It, you can, like, see the heat on the pages. It's, yeah. it's such a beautiful book. And I don't do a thing except for play Ella Fitzgerald and Louis Armstrong mm-hmm. and turn pages. Nice. Um, and it's just such a, well, the mu- the song is so rich and the book is so rich. And uh and it's the daddy's a, so rich. And the daddy's rich. Ma, and the ma's good and looking. ma's good looking. And the fish are jumping. Yeah. And yeah. So <laughs> that's my school per, uh, professional recommendation is it's such a tasty book to share nice. with all kids. Um, and then I had a personal one that I just wanted to give a little shout out. And now I'm forgetting what I wanted to say. Oh, um, podcasts. Love to listen to a lot of podcasts. Uh-huh. And maybe... You've heard of the one called Modern Love. Uh, the New York Times runs a column called Modern Love where people submit an essay. And it's not always about romantic love, although often it is. But so people write these essays and then one is chosen to run. And I don't know how often they run the, the series on the New York Times. But now there's a podcast where they get a very well-known actor um, to read the story. Uh-oh. And um, so it's just a fun little, usually pretty short. I'm looking at the latest one. It's 19 minutes. Much and shorter than our podcast. Yeah, this one is. <laughs> this woo, one's going along. I hope you're awake. 
And so it's just a, a it's kind of a nice little thing. You don't always want to listen when there's little little people around and, okay, and kids in the car. Sometimes. Um, and sometimes it makes me a little teary. Aww. Sometimes it gets a little dusty in the room. Okay. Yeah. Um, but so, yeah, they've they had lots. And you can listen to the back uh, shows of, of Modern Love. And, and there's nothing lost because it's just like a snapshot in someone's life. And, um, yeah, very well done. Modern cool. Love. for some announcements about what's happening with Music Teacher Coffee Talk over the summer. Yeah. So we know many of you are ending your school year. Woohoo. And um, if you're in Australia, um, you know, happy fall. And you're not ending your school year. <laughs> so true. Uh, but, um, yeah, you can still listen to our summer activities. Our, we're doing a book uh, club that Carrie's going to go into in more detail. But we wanted to tell you, First off, if you're listening before June 1st, we are going to do a Facebook Live on June 1st, which is a Friday, thinking that most people will be out of school. So we're going to do a virtual happy hour. Yeah. Or as we say in Colorado, an FAC. Friday afternoon club. Yeah, because we're geeks like that. Yeah. And we're going to do this at 5 p.m. Mountain Time on Facebook. That's 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Central, and 7 p.m. Eastern. And please feel free to leave us questions on our Facebook page. We can address them there. Or if you join us at that time, um, with your beverage, of course. Yeah, then have you a can, beverage uh, in your hand. Have a beverage we in will. hand. So we will have a topic. We're going to talk about our big overall arching plans for next school year. Because we yeah. both have some big ideas that we want to tackle. Big goals big for goals. next year. But we will be happy to, um, you know. Answer random questions, too. Random anything. Yep. Yeah, so join so, us for that. June 1st, Friday, virtual happy hour, 5 p.m. Mountain Time. On Facebook. On Facebook. All right. And then uh, for our next episode, we're going to start doing our book club. Yay. So we decided to do a summer book club for anyone who wants to join us. We are reading World Music Pedagogy Volume 2 uh, by Christopher Roberts and Amy Beagle. And we are going to be tackling chapters one two and three for our first episode and we're hoping that that episode will come out around june 10th our goal is yes. june 10th right now we are not Barring... hoping it will happen yeah it will yes. okay it will happen on june 10th so um please join us in reading chapter one teaching and learning in context chapter two attentive listening for cultural awakenings and chapter three participatory musicking i love that they say that i know we say know. musicking too like we didn't make up that word but yeah. anyways um yeah we would love for you to read along with us and um kind of listen along as we discuss this book mm -hmm. kind of our own made up professional development for the summer yep and uh we're really excited about it yes and we'll let you know on that first episode when we're discussing the book when the next show is where we, we will be discussing the next three chapters yeah we'll give yeah. you your assignments as we go exactly no grades no grades no <laughs> reached the double bar line. Thank you for listening to Music Teacher Coffee Talk. Our show notes can be found at Teaching Music, Tanya's Kodai Aspiring Blog, and we'll have a link to that from our Facebook. You can connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. Just look for Music Teacher Coffee Talk. 
If you enjoyed this show, please consider subscribing, rating, and leaving us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. It helps others find this podcast. And until next time, this is Tanya. And this is Carrie, wishing you happy musicking. <laughs>